Welcome to another episode of After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. Tonight, my special guest host is Heather Robinson of the New York Post, and we are going to be talking about the sudden rise of anti-Semitism here in, I want to say New York City, but Heather, when you look at it, it seems to be around the world in a lot of our big liberal cities. And what I find interesting is that the left always want to identify a boogeyman. If you think back to the George Floyd riots and how they had created the person, the boogeyman as being the white man, the man on the right, the man who's Republican, the conservative man, or a Karen, a white woman. And of course, they went after these people and they said, oh, the white man, they're racist, they're evil. And you had black people, uninformed, of course, marching with white liberals, standing in solidarity because they felt that black people were being maligned, mistreated, and it had to stop. They demonized the police, law enforcement. They demonized anyone who did not agree with their radical ideology. And a majority of the people who are on the front lines marching were young people, teenagers, people born people in their 20s. And they were bullied on by people who were in their 40s and 50s, people who should have known better, who knew better, who knew the truth, who knew what was happening. Because when you look at the background of those teenagers and 20-something-year-olds, they're clueless as to the history of this country. They're clueless as to the struggles that we went through and still going through to make this country a better place, completely clueless. They don't know about the March on Washington. They don't know about Martin Luther King. They don't know about Malcolm X and his conversion. They don't know about any of that stuff. They don't know that during the civil rights, Jews and black people and white people, Asians, they marched together for a common cause. They don't know about that. All they knew is what these indoctrinated 40 and 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds had told them. They created this image that they, or this ideology that they wanted them to know about. And this ideology found itself in our educational system. And it started just churning out all these kids who knew nothing about anything, but thought they knew everything. That's a dangerous place to be. Fast forward to today, and you look at what happened during the George Floyd riots. And if you want to go and ask, had asked any of those kids, as I did, what are you protesting about? What are you mad about? What are you angry about? Oh, the police are killing black people. It's like, really? Have they killed you? No, no, but they killed, they, they look at what they did to George Floyd. And look at what they did to Trayvon Martin. Look at what they did to Michael Brown. It's like, But the police didn't kill Trayvon Martin. That was a security guard. But somehow they get it all mixed in with, it was the police. Michael Brown was not yeah. killed by a police officer. Michael Brown was trying to cause harm on a police officer. Michael Brown never said, hands up, don't shoot. If anything, Michael Brown tried to say, my hands are up, I'm going to hit. And when you stop and look at all of these cases involving police officers and people of color, you'll see that the real story isn't there. 
It's something that they created, that the media created to cause animosity, a narrative that they knew that would get people's attention, especially Black people, because Black people tend to be emotional when it comes to issues involving race. I understand why. You look at what happened you know, back in the past, and people never wanted to let it go. But slavery took place like over hundreds of years ago. But the legacy of it, the misinformation of it, lingers on. People who don't want to let it go is still lingering on. You have people that are Black that are here that were never, they weren't in slavery. You have white people that are here, their families had nothing to do with slavery. But the media wants us all, they they want us all to suffer. I was going to say, Rob, that includes almost all Jewish people in America. Most of our families didn't even come to America until the late 19th century. But you know what they'll say? Here here is the, the narrative that they'll say, oh, but the Jews owned the ships that brought the slaves here. Well, I don't think Jews were any more heavily represented among that than Christians or anybody else. I exactly. Think Jews were exactly. not proportionate to their numbers in that. That's a lie. Right. Yeah, I'm right. not saying so that, like, a Jewish person. No, but, no but, it's, but that's part of the narrative. That's the narrative that they want to put out there. I mean, you that might as well say, you know, that there were blacks in Africa who turned on other blacks. Exactly. <laughs> but see, that's, we, the, that's not the narrative that they want. They want the narrative that's going to elicit emotions. And the truth is, none of us was personally involved in any of that. I mean, none I, of us. Is that it doesn't make sense to run around blaming people today for what happened 200 years ago, regardless of your race or your religion or who you are. None of us was even alive. I mean, it's absurd. But unfortunately, this is how they have managed to keep a thing going. So you look at, as I said, fast forward to today, and you look at what's happening, what happened in Israel, and you look at the lay of the land around the United States or big cities universities and the rise of anti-Semitism and what people are doing and what they're seeing in some of our big Ivy League schools. Yeah. It's dangerous. Did Heather, did we did we just fall asleep while this was happening? And well, you've been talking about it, Rob. I mean, those of us who were distressed at the events in 2020, we saw there was tremendous indoctrination and people who were incredibly worked up about you know, something in that case, I don't want to draw a direct line from that because there was legitimacy to some of the, the outrage and the feeling and what happened with George Floyd was terrible. And I mean, frankly, uh, you know, despite all the problems with those movements, Antifa and BLM, you know, I if I were involved in either of those, I wouldn't want any connection to the Palestinian terrorists. I mean, bad as BLM and Antifa are, I don't think they're running around beheading babies and gang raping women and making videos proudly bragging about it. I mean, there's, you know, as, as a young little boy, I used to babysit for used to say when we would play with his superhero you know, heroes and villains dolls, there's bad. And then there's so bad, you know, he was a cute little boy. And it was like, even at age three, he understood there are degrees of depravity and evil, you know. And frankly, I'm one of the things I think it hasn't really been remarked on is why would anyone want to associate themselves with these? I mean, the Hamas, I mean, they're like the lowest of the low sort of human being. They're gleefully maniacally torturing people and bragging about it. I mean, bad as BLM and Antifa are, I mean, I don't think they, they're quite that depraved. And I mean, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's a real sad statement when 
anybody even wants to associate themselves with that. I don't know why they would want to. I mean, whatever legitimacy their groups have or had, which is not much, I agree, but whatever shred of truth that they were trying to raise, I mean, they weren't out and out depraved, sadistic, fanatical terrorists. I mean, these people are, you know, like Nazis, only they have no shame, you know, about how bestial they are. And if I, I'll tell you what, if I were involved in any cause, I would not want anything to do with, with, you know, Hamas. I mean, I don't know how anybody could, could want any such association or connection. Well, it's because they have not been told the truth. Well, they, they saw they lack that. Ed- they they lack the education, uh, the indoctrination. The indoctrination, Heather, is real in yeah. our public schools. Know, it's real. I know, but I mean, even if you believe, which is erroneous, that, you know, Jews came and stole somebody's land, which is a complete dismissal of all of Jewish and Western history in the Middle East, Jews and Arabs are all indigenous to the Middle East. Even if you believe that, though, I mean, it wouldn't justify going into people's private homes and setting them on fire. I mean, you know, who could even, I mean, it's like saying, because I want a particular piece of land or a house, I'm going to torture and terrorize you until you leave. I mean, you know, it's, it's a false narrative they've been given. I understand what you're saying. You know, and so that part of it, because I know they've been misinformed and miseducated, doesn't shock me that much that they think, well, it's, you know, two groups and they're fighting and they have their sides to the story. But I, what shocks me is that when, when these, these evil people actually advertise their brutality, that that is something anyone would want to identify with. I, I am shocked by that. I mean, so am I. I mean, and good versus evil. And you can see evil. You can't. How can you justify the killing of innocent individuals who have done absolutely nothing? And then you have a group to come in and just create chaos. And then you want to try and justify it. And mm-hmm. when there's a retaliation, you expect for the wrong party to just stand down. Okay, now you don't hurt us. Although we, we, we've committed all type of barbarism against you, but we want you to stand down. Now we want peace. Although you don't want peace, you're just trying to say it to, again, elicit emotions from others to say, oh, they want peace and you're trying to go after them. No, you started this and we're going to end it. And when I look around and I see so on college campuses and people coming out and protesting and saying that this is the right thing to do, we should just like, Israel should just stand down and be just beaten up. And I'm like, well, those same people who are protesting about George Floyd and how blacks have been wrong, are you saying that black people should just stand down and do absolutely nothing? I mean, it just, it doesn't make any sense. But see, this is the logic that's not there. This is the indoctrination that has taken control of a lot of these young people. Like I said, they're, they're, they're teens and they're in their 20s. They don't know history. A lot of them don't even know about the Holocaust. The Holocaust. You would have asked them about it, like, oh, what, what is that? All they know is that the Jews are bad. And then for Christians, do you hear Christians talk about it? And they say, well, you know, the Jews killed Jesus. I'm like, what? The Jews killed Jesus. I'm like, but in order for the fulfillment of the Bible to take place, and if you're a true Christian, and if you say that God knew us before we were born, and that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, and that this was all ordained, what happened had to happen. So why do you have an alt against the Jews? 
it just doesn't make any sense. There is no logic behind it, Heather. Yeah, In Christianity, yeah. we're taught to forgive and forget. And if they say, well, Jesus killed, they killed Jesus. Well, Jesus, they were Jesus's people and he forgave them and he moved on. So, And also what, they didn't. It was the Romans and, and the Catholic Church ultimately rectified that wrong teaching, I think, during Vatican II. But it's it, it, even in the, the the Bible. I mean, it doesn't say the Jews killed Jesus. I mean, it was it, it was Pontius Pilate. But anyway, I mean, all of that is obviously ancient history. Anyway, and not to mention Jesus was a Jew, who, by the way, was born in Bethlehem, which is you know right there, you know, adjacent to Israel. So you know, if you're going to say Jews aren't indigenous to the Middle East, what religion was Jesus? Where was he born? I mean, Jews were in the Middle East in the Greek times, in the time of the Roman Empire, all through the Crusades, the Ottoman Empire. If anything, not that it's a contest, because I don't think very many Jews care to delegitimize anyone else's national story, but I think Jews can trace our archaeological and historical roots to that particular piece of land more than the modern-day Palestinians can. But I think most Jewish people are fine with sharing the land and were fine with it when when the land was partitioned in 1948. And you'll remember five Arab armies waged war immediately because they would not tolerate half of that small piece of land and half of Jerusalem being in Jewish hands and half for the Palestinians, the, the you know Arab people who were in the region. The other thing a lot of people don't know is that that land that is Israel was, was all bought. It was the most, you know, of any probably modern countries created, the least bloody um, formation. It was money raised by Jewish National Fund for many, many decades that, you know, made uh, some Arabs very rich. We, you know, they were paid, you know, a lot of money, absentee landlords. Most of it was desert and uninhabited. And, um, you know, when Jews came from Europe to resettle parts and meet up with the Jews who were already there, who'd been there continuously, especially in cities like Jerusalem and Safed, Tzvat in Hebrew, there had always been communities there, despite all of the the, the bullying and the efforts by everybody from the Babylonians to the Greeks to the Romans to the Crusaders to the Ottomans to push the Jews out, there, there had always been a community that remained. And when the Holocaust survivors rejoined that community and, and Jews from Arab nations rejoined that community in 1948, the UN arranged to partition, officially partition, both all these people were living there. Jewish people, and, uh, you know, there, there was no Palestinian state, but people, Arabs in the region, some of whom became Israeli Arabs, one-fifth of Israel is Arab, and they fully participate in the political and, and economic and, and just the life of the country, um, and some of them are patriots, and they're, you know, believe me, <laughs> many of them are very happy to be Israelis. Um, they have a better standard of living than anyone, any other Arabs in that area. But when England, Britain partitioned this, you know, the UN partitioned the British, what had been under British control, it was the Arabs who refused that. The, the Arab armies, I believe of, I know, Egypt, I believe Syria, I think everybody except for Jordan, all the, uh, the Arabs surrounding, the Saudis, 
um, they all attacked Israel in 1948. So that was the first war, the war for Israel's existence that, you know, Jews, the point is, were, you know, nobody ever had a problem on the Jewish side. Well, I don't want to say nobody, but maybe a fringe, but most of the Jews were willing to divide the land. It was the Arabs who refused in 1948, in 1967, in 1973. You know, then after after they kept starting these wars and losing, which has happened time and time again, they turned to terrorism. Um, and, you know, their, their desire, the people who wage war on Israel has always been to just drive anyone Jewish out of that region. I think it's also a global uh, civilizational war. I think you have especially groups like Hamas or Islamist extremists. They hate America, too. They don't, they, they call... Israel, the little Satan, and America, the big Satan. So some of these groups are, are hell-bent on war, not just with Israel, but with America. And I think, and with uh, Christians, and with anyone who, you know, for them, it's about a caliphate. It's about, you know, Islam forever. And they're fanatics. They're religious fanatics. And they're insistent on converting everybody by the sword to this throwback sort of version of Islam. I mean, I don't mean to be blunt about it, but I mean, this is the reality. I'm not saying it's every Arab Muslim, certainly not. Um, but these extremist groups, for sure, and I think Iran is the head of the snake, and they're driving this. Their uh, Hezbollah and Hamas are proxies for Iran. This has been known since the 19, since for many decades. And I'll tell you what, Rob, like we were talking about before, I don't I don't mean to be glib about it because I know geopolitics is complicated and it's serious, but I really don't know what this, what our great country is waiting for. I don't know why the whole world is being tormented and, and held hostage by this Iranian regime, including the people of Iran who have been turning out in protest by the hundreds of thousands in recent years, you know, because the government is so oppressive to them as well. You know, it beats these women to death who show their hair. And, uh, you know, it, it, uh, there's no freedom there. And, and if, you know, my understanding is a good portion of the Iranian people are actually pro-Western. They want to be normal. They're being held captive by this regime, which has now attacked American troops. What did you say, Rob? Something like 90 times in the past few years? Yes. 27 times. I just saw an article. 90 times since Biden has taken office and since the war has started, I think it's like 20 times our troops have been attacked and by Iran with some other terrorist outfit. And this administration has done absolutely nothing. I mean, it's just well, signs, signs of weakness. And yeah. we know that when you show weakness, you're not respected. But yeah, when you show strength, here. you show strength, you're respected, and Trump sh showed strength. And yes. you look at what's happening with the people here in America, look look at what they're doing. I mean, the force that they're showing in support of the Palestinians, well, not the Palestinians, it's Hamas. We don't want to get it twisted. It's Hamas. You know, they're saying the Palestinians, but it's not. It's Hamas. And it needs to be called out. And we need to have leaders who are going to stand up. The other night, they voted to censor Rashida Tlaib for some of her anti-Semitic rhetoric, and it failed. So this is emboldening these individuals to act out. And as I opened the show saying, I never thought I would see the day that our country would become so twisted and so lost 
that we would stand up and support wrong against right. But look who it is. It's these young people who have been indoctrinated in our schools. And I dare say that's one of the reasons why they don't want kids to go to charter a private schools because they know that that rhetoric would not be allowed. You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Outlaw platform. And my special guest host tonight is Heather Robinson. We'll be back after this commercial break. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. So we're back on After Dark with Robert Andrew. We're going to continue our conversation as to where did all this anti-Semitism come from? It's like all at once we woke up and we see these young people out on the streets supporting Hamas, supporting terrorism, And before long, I hate to say it, Heather, but the United States is going to be hit. And what are they going to do then? Are they going to say that it was our fault that we caused this? I was thinking that for 9-11, thinking back 9-11, when we were hit, Mm -hmm. and everyone came together. Mm -hmm. I mean, as one. Yeah. And we are are so right. We're so (laughs) far from that now. And we're looking to demonize a group of people the same way Hitler. I mean, we are, this is, yeah, we, I think we, you're on to something, Rob. I think wait, there's wait, a Let me say this. When we, yeah. when, since we've been talking about this, mm-hmm. we've been sounding, putting out the alarms and saying that we're getting so close to losing our values, our culture, losing ourselves, that we're turning into 
the Third Reich. We're turning into Hitler. We're looking at, we're becoming like Pol Pot and Mao with our young people. And you look at who's out there right now that's protesting our young people because they don't know history. And it is extremely scary when you see on TV Jewish students who have done nothing to anyone locked in a library at a university because you have people on the outside saying, where are they? Where are they? In Germany, was it Germany? I think it was people storming an airport. It was Russia storming an airport Mm -hmm. looking for Jewish passengers. But can I just say it wasn't Russian? I mean, it was Muslims in Russia. It was Muslims in Russia. Wait, they were looking. Okay. But still looking for Jewish individuals. Where are they? Now, remember what Maxine Waters said. You surround them and you tell them you're not welcome. Now, she was referring to conservatives at the time. Remember what Eric Holder said. When they go when they go low, we kick them. Mm. And some of the other folks on the left saying you get in their faces and you tell them they're not here. Even Cory Booker said, you know, you tell mm. them you're not welcome. Barack Obama even said, have an argument with them. Make them feel uncomfortable. This has been a steady diet of hate. Yeah. It wasn't even subtle. It's just that people chose not to address it. They heard it and they said, oh, it's no big deal. These mm-hmm. are the people who are dangerous. Then you look at Jan 6, oh, throw them all in jail. Look at the official proceedings that have been interrupted on the Hill by these protesters and no one has said anything. And I got to say, Heather, I, I blame a lot of conservative media for waiting for a narrative as opposed to discussing this. They should be on this and covering it, always saying this is wrong. You said it was wrong when conservatives did it. So why isn't it wrong now? This is wrong, and we need to call this out. They need to call out their fellow news outlets and say, no, this is wrong. They should not be doing this. They're making the situation worse, but they won't do it. Trump called it out, and they attacked him. When I watch conservative news, with the exception, of course, of After Dark with Robin Andrew, sit idly by and not call this out and just ask the question, well, what are they doing? As opposed to saying, but it was wrong when these folks did it and now they're doing it and you're saying that it's right. They're, they're putting people's lives at risk on our universities. And you have Jewish students saying, we are afraid. Remember when you had these black students that were saying, oh, we feel intimidated when we see white people and everyone wanted to run to their aid. Oh, we need to create a safety zone. And it was a bunch, it was all far-fetched. It was just all made up, completely made up. But yet still, they ran to the cry. Oh, we've got to help them. We've got to do this. And there was nothing there. But now we have a crisis on our hands. People are openly saying, we will kill them. Look at the young man who said that we will kill from, I think it was at uh, Cornell University, mm-hmm. who came out and said, if you find them, if you see a Jew, kill them. If you see a, a Jewish woman, stab her. That's this nice. Young man, this young man meant it. And now, he wasn't I, even from anywhere, not whatever. I mean, not that it wouldn't be equal. Not the, but but, but here's, the, here's the kicker, Heaven. He was Because Asian. he was not a white man, the media took a long time to show his picture. They took a long time to release his name. But had he been an Anglo-Saxon man, they would have put his picture all over. They were, I, I, In some cases, I do believe that they are hoping that it is a white man. So they can Go say, on. oh, look, at, he's a dirty man. He's a, here's a boogeyman. But because this boy was Asian, nothing, nothing at all. You could barely see his picture. But I'm like, wait, a, and when, when that happens, I'm like, okay, whoever this person is, he's not white. Because if he were white, they would put his picture out there. The same thing that happened in Maine when that shooter killed all those people, 18 people. Remember the shooter guys? Yeah. We knew that he was white, but the people that he killed were also white. Their lives mattered, but the media would not cover it. 
They didn't do all the long exposés the way they would have done had it been a black person. 18 people lost their lives. It was unfortunate that they weren't the right color. They happened to be white. So the media dismissed them. Oh, we don't care. That was a mass shooting, Heather. And the media has just like dismissed it. Have uh, they have been they? Black? I don't know. They dismissed it. I watched it. They dismissed it. They didn't even want to show their pictures. Had they been black, we would be talking about mm-hmm. it well, right you know, now. Go ahead. The other piece of that is, you know, there's very little commemoration of the Pulse nightclub massacre. And that was a massacre of 50, 5-0, mostly gay Americans, people out just having a good time. It was, the, by, I think, the biggest massacre of gay Americans in American history. And you notice we don't really hear that much about that. Um, that was, I think, close to 10 years ago in Florida. And it was, I think, because it was a, a, a an Islamist guy, you know, a radical Muslim guy, you know, I think that's maybe why they don't like that one to cover. You know, I mean, that's not, I mean, a lot more people died in that than, you know, January 6th, but, you know, they're not making that one on a national holiday anyway so so heather let me ask you this how i mean you look at our brother our fellow brothering jewish brotherings uh and i know that you had gone to las vegas not too long ago we want to talk about that we'll talk about that in the last half Mm -hmm. of the show but i want to get a feel from you uh when you see this on our college campuses as a jewish american woman and you hear these kids that are crying out and you see the terror yeah. You hear them saying, you know, mm-hmm. I, I left campus, I was afraid, and I can't believe and I'm in the United States of America, but I was terrified. Yeah. Do you think that the it's Jewish terrible. community feels as if though yes. they've been abandoned? Well, you know, Rob, I think that I think that one thing I can tell you, I, I, I'll speak for myself, but I do think I can speak for fellow Jews in America on one point, which is, is that I don't know anybody who doesn't feel intensely vulnerable right now who's Jewish and grieved. We feel a personal sense of grief as if our extended family members have been have been maimed, mutilated, attacked, because in a way they have. I mean, Jews are connected all around the world and we feel it very viscerally, the pain and the vulnerability in a way that I don't think other people, may, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that because I'm not in your heart and mind. And I know we have wonderful Christian American allies and friends. And I know that our distress is shared in some measure. So I'm not criticizing, you know, I don't, I, I appreciate the, the solidarity and the compassion and the strength of my Christian friends. Um, I just, I don't know that anybody feels this. Obviously, ground zero is Israel and the, the, our, our people who were taken hostage, you know, babies, children, teenagers, grandparents, men, women, you know, grabbed, ripped from their homes. I mean, burned alive, raped, dragged through the streets. And that did happen. Uh, you know, there was a young woman, a German national who had dual citizenship. Shawnee Luke was her name. She was a beautiful young girl at the music festival. You know, um, you know, we saw the videos of, you know, her being spat on, being dragged through Gaza. We saw her legs broken. We saw videos of whole families being held hostage, being killed. I saw video of a of a Thai man who was a worker in Israel just being decapitated. You know, Hamas bragged about this, and 
I mean, there's a lot I can say about that, but now we have the adding insult to injury of people who are like denying it in real time, even despite Hamas's providing everyone of, you know, video evidence. So clearly, I mean, there are some people who are just so anti-Israel, so anti-Semitic, you know, it's almost bizarre the degree to which Hamas themselves documented these atrocities, but, you know, other people around the world who want to be pro-Hamas, like, they just deny it. They deny the reality of it. Uh, you know, in terms of how the Jewish community is feeling, it's it's very vulnerable feeling. It's a very uh, sick feeling. It also is, you know, a sense that this is a civilizational war, that these people are so unreasonable, so far gone. I mean, it's like something out of a horror film, I mean, they're like maniacal zombies. And I, you know, I know they're human. I'm not trying to say they're not human beings. But I mean, they're so, it truly is like Nazism. And we know it. We know it. We, we've seen it. We've seen the videos. I think there's also a sense among Jews that nobody quite gets it the way we do because it's our community being targeted. And people don't want to get it, Rob, because I personally think, and I think you hit on this with something you said, you know, you're always very perceptive. And you said something about, you know, this immediate reflexive kind of blaming of the Jews. The minute this happened, before there even was an Israeli IDF response, which we can get into in a minute, there were people, you know, taking to the streets, supporting it, which I, you know, I don't want to sound paranoid, but it is hard to believe that would happen in general to other groups of people if they were victimized this way. I do think there's kind of a Stockholm syndrome quality where it's like it's so over the top. The violence is so ghoulish and the sadism and deliberate targeting of the most innocent and children. It's so obscene that maybe the thought process subconsciously is, well, those people must have done something to deserve it. It's so horrible. And I think along with that, when it comes to Stockholm Syndrome, or I don't know if I'm using the right term, but I think people a lot of times blame the victim when something really horrendous happens because it makes them feel more secure. Like, that's, that's not going to happen to me because I'm not a Jew. You know, I'm not going to go to that country and I, you know, I didn't occupy these other people's land, which Israel didn't do. But I mean, that's a lie. But even if it were true, it wouldn't justify ghoulish sadism against infants. I mean, any rational person knows that, that these Hamas tactics are evil, no matter what came before. So it's like for, for people who are of sound mind to be blaming Israel for this, there, you know, it's crazy. And there has to be a kind of Stockholm syndrome going on, I think, where, and I think that we've seen this in other times, maybe regarding Jews, because Jews have so often in history, and we're not the only people who have a hard and bloody history, okay, but it does, it is noteworthily um, suffering laden, and Jews have been picked on a lot of times and places. And so I think, you know, the world had kind of finally come around to understanding that was wrong. But maybe there's something in a lot of people that just blames the victim and does this in different ways. And I think there's some of that going on. And I also think there's a, you know, I've talked to a lot of our fellow Americans who aren't Jewish. And 
I've heard a range of thoughts, mostly supportive of, of Israel and Israelis, although, you know, I've heard some misinformation too. And I think a lot of moral equivalizing, you know, that what Hamas did was wrong, but Israel is just as bad because they're bombing. Meanwhile, Israel is conducting a war, which, you know, because Hamas has purposely situated itself, it's, it's the so-called men have put themselves under hospitals. That's where their command center is. You know, they commit these atrocities, tape them, then run away and hide among children and sick people. That's, that's the way they fight. That's how low, how e- evil and manipulative they are. They've created this whole situation and have, you know, contrived an impossible situation. Even so, the IDF is, has no interest in hurting any child. They're trying very hard to find the Hamas so-called leaders, they're issuing warnings for every civilian to get out, which would be tantamount to during World War II if, if the Allies had bombed Dresden and Berlin. I mean, we did bomb Dresden and Berlin. You know, sadly, we killed a lot, a lot, a lot of German children. We didn't warn them ahead of time to get out. We didn't try to advocate for escape routes. We weren't doing social work, okay? I mean, I'm proud that Israel is doing that. You know, I'm not against it, but I'm just saying even so, Israel's getting all the blame, not Hamas. You know, the supposed humanitarians of the world are just calling on the victim to not not defend our people. I mean, it's, it's you know, they're holding Israel to a standard they would not hold themselves, that they did not, most of them, hold America after 9-11. But, you know, I think there's also a desire, you know, on the part of better people to just stay out of it, you know, which I do, I understand that impulse. And, you know, I feel sorry for children on all sides, too. And I get it. They want, and they don't, they want things to calm down. I do, too. But the sad aspect they're, they're eliding is that these, you know, this crazy fanaticism is after not just Jews, it's after the United States, it's after Christians, there have been, I just saw 27 attacks on U.S. forces by Iran just since October 17th. So I know that nobody wants to face it or think about it, but Iran has been attacking not just Israelis, but the people of the world for decades through its proxies, Hezbollah, who killed two, 241 Marines, I believe it was 1983, in a hideous act of terrorism, took our hostages in 79, masterminded the roadside bombs that took the arms and legs and lives of thousands of our soldiers in Iraq. Iran was behind that. Um, You know, a lot of Americans don't want to even entertain the reality that these fanatics have been tormenting and torturing not just Jews, but Americans for many decades now. And I, I listen, I know it's complicated, the foreign policy side, but I don't personally understand, and I'd be interested in your thoughts, Rob. You know, we went to war against Saddam Hussein, which I know there was an argument to be made. He tortured his own people. He gassed the Kurds. He was a sadistic maniac, even by the standards of the region. However, I'd not he didn't go come for Americans that I'm aware of. Um, Iran has and does, and this regime is a terrorist, you know, snake. And I think that this came from them. So... I'm just putting it out there that, you know, unfortunately, America has a very uh, evil enemy, you know, and I, I'm i not sure why they're being allowed to continue this reign of terror on not just Israel, but America. 
Well, uh, I will try to answer that, give you my thoughts on it after this commercial break. We'll get another heart commercial break. We'll come back. I'll try to answer that. And then we'll get your uh, thoughts on, or you can give us a rundown on your trip to Vegas and what you heard. Listen to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. We'll be back after this commercial break. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We're back to the last half of After Dark with Robin Andrew and my special guest host tonight, Heather Robinson. And when we went to break, Heather was just speculating as to why we have not spoken strongly against Iran to tell them, we know what you're doing and you better stop. Well, I know why. Well, Joe Biden is weak. Think about Barack Obama. Barack Obama went on an appeasement tour to a lot of our enemies. And it's one thing to meet with them to say, hey, you know, we need to talk about this and figure out how we can squash this, as Trump did when he visited Kim Jong-un. But Barack Obama didn't do that. He went on an appeasement tour as if though to say, we've wronged you, uh, we're the wrong, and you guys are right. Fast forward to the Biden administration, giving Iran billions of dollars as if though to say, don't come after us, we'll pay you off, don't bother mm-hmm. us. You don't pay off a terrorist mm-hmm. you see because they well. will keep coming back. They will keep coming back. They're not going to stop. Barack Obama wanted to enter into some nuclear plan with Iran. And a majority of the people in Biden's administration were individuals who t- worked on that Iran nuclear deal. We just approved the ambassador of Israel, who is a staunch Iranian supporter. Now, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You look at our State Department, you have people up and down who are for Hamas. The other day, Mallorca was on the Hill testifying, and Senator Josh Hawley questioned him about one of his staffers who had put on social media anti-Semitic comments. And this person is still working in the State Department or in Homeland Security. I don't get it. 
And it doesn't stop there. You have other individuals who have made other remarks, and they're still there in our government. We vote soon. I wonder, will this impact the votes? I wonder if people will wake up. I wonder if people will realize that Joe Biden is an inherent threat to our democracy. This administration is corrupt. Three and a half years of this man, and he has destroyed our image on the world stage. They have indoctrinated our children, told our children that you can be any gender, that there are 150 million genders. And they always say, well, science matters, but they've even screwed up science. Where do we go from here? What is the end game? Just to give it all up and just to fall down, because certainly that's what Barack Obama wanted to happen. He did his best to weaken America on the outside and the inside. He has us fighting each other. We're looking at each other based on race, skin color, ethnicity, genders, ideology. This is not a great place for us to be in. We're not perfect. But what they have turned us into, they've turned the country into monsters. We are monsters. Look at what happened during COVID. People telling off for their neighbors, I'm going to call the police because they're having a party. They're having too much fun. We should all be inside being miserable. Have you guys read the Salem, know anything about the Salem witch uh, trials? I'm reading a book right now by Bill O'Reilly called Killing the Witches. It's really mm -hmm. riveting. And I would encourage everyone to read it because what happened then is happening now. If you don't agree with me, I'm going to come up, concoct this big lie so that they will go after you. I, I mean, and I say this on just about every show. How did we get here? How did we lose sight of who we are? That we're now going after a group of people who were persecuted, who were killed, who they tried to eradicate them during World War II. And we're back there again, Heather, with well, Jewish students saying that they're afraid of for their lives. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Rob, the only, it is very concerning, but we're not back there because. But we could get there, Heather. We could get there so quickly, no, I we're think. We're not defenseless, and we will not be defenseless, much as the certain segment of the world wants us to. And that's what people have to understand. You know, we're very sorry. We don't want any child to die. God knows. It's the last thing. I mean, I, I can tell you that. For a hundred percent, you know, we are a culture that values life. We say l'chaim when we toast, you know, that's our toast. The last thing anybody, and I believe this, I know plenty of Israelis, I've been there five times. We revere life and we, it, it really almost kills us. You know, the only thing worse than our own families, God forbid, and children being endangered and dying is having to hurt somebody else's. The IDF has no interest, I can promise you that, in hurting any child or any old person or any non-combatant. This is what Hamas does. This is what the Palestinian, quote, leaders do. They're such lowlifes. They look, they brainwash their children to become suicide bombers. And they set up their command centers and weapons in hospitals all over there. They do it in schools. They purposely pack, pack it with kids. And then they run to do evil and hideous brutality and rape, murder, dismemberment, beheading, setting people on fire. Then they run back to their hidey holes and put their children all around them. That's what they're doing. And if, God forbid, they do it to Americans, 
you're not going to hear any concern about the Palestinian babies, okay? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned. I'm proud of the fact that Israel's trying its best to avoid hurting anybody there. But this is a war. These people have chosen deliberate war of the most brutal, vicious nature, attacking civilians, then bragged about it and ran back and endangered their own innocent civilians, their children. They compounded their evil by doing that. And I want to be very clear on this point. That is a deliberate strategy. They want more of their children to die. I know that's a horrible thing to say, and I wouldn't say it if I didn't know it. I'm not saying every single person there, but the Hamas leadership wants that. They want that. And when when people all around the world start blaming Israel and making Israel pull back, you're just playing into their hands. They're playing you because this is what they do. This is how they're trying to chip away at Israel's existence and morale. And if you think this is only Israel's war, I would just remind you of 9-11. This is an Islamist extremist, brutal, fanatical mindset that's shared in many corners of the Arab world. It's not all Arab Muslims, but it's enough of them, frankly, that this this is an existential conflict. And I pray it doesn't escalate, but if you think it's only about the Jews, you're kidding yourself. Unless, whoever you are listening, you intend to become a radical Muslim and do everything their way and everything they want you to do as they see it and be their subordinate, okay? They'll let you live if you do that, maybe. But unless you're prepared to do that, okay, you're, on, you're picking the wrong side here. And this applies, by the way, I hate to say it, Rob, but... You know, in many parts of the Arab world, and this is something I know something about, sadly, because I've worked with great friends, the people of South Sudan. I've, I've, I've been, you know, in Israel with them. They, they are a great community of Christian black people. They are regarded by some of the Arab Muslims as less than human. I mean, there are parts of the Arab Muslim world, I, it pains me to say this, where blacks are regarded as subhuman. So, you know, for me to see people of color jumping on this bandwagon, thinking that, that they're your friends, that they you know, have your back, that this is a common struggle. I hate to say it, but some Arab Muslims don't even view black people as human. So well, that's at- who they're siding with. That's who they're siding with. Not they throw gays off of buildings. Exactly. You look at gays that are marching around saying gays for Islam and we love them. One thing and one thing only. So the black people, the feminists, the gays who are aligning themselves are being played for fools. It's the indoctrination. It, everything that you said is spot on. Andrew and I, we've spoken about this. It's the indoctrination that these people don't realize, they don't understand, they don't know it. We've talked about the slaves that are currently still in the Middle East. Yeah, in Sudan. But, you, but they, they, but they have managed to go in and convince black people, oh, well, black lives matter. Oh, we have the same cause and we're fighting for the same thing. I no. You, I promise you. They it's have, an indoctrination. You, they have no interest in any black None person. whatsoever. And when I see gays and gay lesbians, person. gays and lesbians from us, I'm thinking, are you serious? It's are pathetic. you serious? It's pathetic. It's, it's pathetic. the indoctrination. It's, it's the so indoctrination. Pathetic. And they're laughing. 
they're laughing at them. Hamas, they're laughing at them. Happy, they're happy. They view people like that as their useful idiots, as their dimmies, you know, is the word for somebody who's allowed to exist in a radical Muslim culture as a subordinate. You know, at best, that's what, you know, those people are to them, at best. It's they're unbelievable. Not for allies. They're not looking for, yeah, no. They're just looking for a mouthpiece. They're looking for a mouthpiece. They're looking for someone to carry their cause. But like you said, they couldn't care any less about these groups. As far as they're concerned, they're all infidels. And when I not see black people... I mean, to them, black people... I Look, I don't even want to get into it because it's, it's too unpleasant. You know, I have a dear friend who was actually enslaved in Sudan. And he told me that the word for a black person there is abid, which means slave. Okay, that's the word they use to just, you know, not even to describe a slave, but that's how they refer to black people. These are the, you know, Arab Muslims of Sudan. Um, I know that throughout the Arab Muslim world, you know, <laughs> good luck being openly gay. I mean, they, they literally hang people and push them off buildings for being gay. It's just... No woman... <laughs> Who it's unimaginable. It's dependent has any common cause with these people. Okay, they you see what they'll do to any woman who expresses herself, who dresses as she pleases. They view us as less than human. So Heather, the it's last couple a of very minutes. Backward culture. I'm, I'm going to be real blunt here. Okay, it's a throwback basically. And we could get into all kinds of reasons why this seems to be surging now. Maybe it's the, hopefully it's the last gasp of this kind of thinking and being, maybe they're realizing that the world is advancing. That would be, you know, the most optimistic way to interpret it. And that this is like their last stand for primitive, brutal, fanatical, backward thinking. I, I don't know, but the people in the West who are embracing Hamas are, it's beyond naive. They're embracing their own destruction. Is If these people ever gained the upper hand, the world would be destroyed a hundred times over. Mm. Because you look at what they've done. I mean, look, I mean, it's not everybody in the Arab Muslim world. There are people who, you know, have been more constructive and productive and, and you know, who, who want to coexist. So I don't want to overgeneralize, God forbid. And I've worked with some amazing Arab Muslims, heroic people. Um, but this particular group of people are, you know, bad news beyond belief. And I hope it doesn't take, you know, an attack here. This is their pattern. You know, they, they tormented Israel for decades. Then they did 9-11, Al-Qaeda. Iran is behind a lot of this. I mean, it could easily come here. And I hope to God that it doesn't. But I don't think that the world, the civilized world, is is seeing yet how how serious this is. And they, you know, there, there's I think some of the victim blaming, Rob. You know, I think some of it's anti-Semitism. I think some of it's a denial because people don't want to think that we are vulnerable here. Mm. But I think we are until it's, we get serious sad. about this. I mean, I think there are things that maybe could be done. I think Iran. You know, maybe if you cut the head off the snake, you know, maybe and we need to. We need to cut the head off the snake. As many people, and you know, if you get to the leadership, that's what I would like to see happen. I feel bad. But the United States under Biden, they don't seem to have an appetite for it. No, no, they don't. And and look, I'm sure it's complicated. I don't mean to sound uh, 
like a war hawk here. I don't, I don't like the idea, but I don't think we can, the world can afford a defensive posture on this. I mean, if they ever, they cannot be allowed to attain nuclear capability. It cannot happen. Well, the way I see it is that if we don't cut the head off, they're going to cut our heads off, plain and simple. There's no in between. There is no in between. I don't care what Biden says. I mean, and Bibi Netanyahu, I mean, he's right. We are going to go in and we're going to destroy Hamas. We're going to eradicate it. Had Trump been in office, this would have never happened. Ukraine would have never happened. None of this stuff. I don't care how many people say time people say Trump is crazy. Well, maybe crazy is good. But this would have never happened. We would not see people marching on the streets, marching on the streets in support of Hamas. Crazy, but I think it was very. The one favor the liberals did us was talk about how Trump was so crazy. I don't think he is at all, but I think that perception was good because when it comes to bullies like Hamas or you know whoever, if they think someone's crazy, I think they're less likely to push it. Because they don't know what the person's going to do, and I, you know, well, for many reasons, as like I said, we have an election that's coming up, and I wonder if people are going to vote the right way. This will be kind of a tell-all sign as to what people are thinking and if they're serious. The media is not a friend of the American people; they're not a friend of anyone right now, because they keep putting out misinformation, having us to think that everything is okay and it's not okay, and they know it, and how they can. St- sit there day in and day out. I mean, do they believe this themselves? It's all for power. They just want the power, but they're not going to have that power if Hamas is successful. They're not going to have it. But we have a generation that has been lost, that's completely lost. Well, I don't think it's everybody, Rob. I think half the generation. But it's not everybody, but it's the people that are out front. And that's scary, Heather. That's really scary. No, listen, it is. It is. It's really scary. The other young people, you know, I, I wonder how what portion of the country this really is. I mean, I think, as usual, we see the loud ones in the front. Um, and, I, you know, I had the same thought about some of this radical leftism in 2020. I mean, most people I know, you know, Americans, you know, whether they're black Americans, white Americans, Jewish, Christian, I mean, most of them weren't out there screaming. They were going to work. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't an insignificant number of people by any means, but I don't really think it was. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think that a lot of times we kind of, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's very alarming. I'll, I'll but- say this. I'll, I'll say this. And in conclusion, Biden should have never been elected. We are definitely in a nightmare that Biden has created. People need to wake up because this will not end well at all. We must get behind Israel. We must say we want them to win. They must win this because if they don't, this will not bow well at all for Americans, for the world. Because uh, China will become empowered as well as Russia, and they will feel as if though they can do anything they want. People, we've got to wake up. You've been listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. Thank you, Heather, for coming on. And we hope to see you guys again real soon. Good night.